Hey guys, we're uploading just after the Halloween weekend, and here at Squash Radio, we are going to serve you up one more treat. Now, you didn't ask for this, but that's just because we know not just what you want, but what you need. And we're deciding to try something new, and that's a new kind of show. And that's just what this episode is. We've been thinking about doing this format for a while, and we're just giving it a go. Bill talks about the format right at the beginning of the episode, so, so I'll just let him describe the concept from there. So I'll just take this time to quickly say thanks for all the feedback we get, all the DMs, um, any of the kind of ideas or topics or guests. Please keep those emails coming, the text messages, the DMs. We really appreciate it. Also, from Bill and I and PJ, we also just want to thank you. Um, we've met a bunch of you in person, and it's a blast to connect with uh, any listener and, of the show and talk a little bit of squash. So thanks for listening, and uh, we hope you enjoy this one. What about this? This call is being recorded. Hey there, Squash fans. Thanks for coming back to another show. And this one's a little bit different because we're trying a new format here. And I've got my co-host with me, Bill Buckingham. Hey, Bill. Hey, Connor. How you doing? Uh, yeah, I had a, I had a brainstorm. Uh, uh, I think it was, it was a bourbon-induced brainstorm the other night um, following all the tournaments that are happening <laughs> around the country, around the world. I mean, there's so many squash tournaments happening. And I was thinking that... Uh, you know, everyone follows the, the big the platinum events, the gold events, and even the silver events to some extent. But there's like the satellite tour is out. There's so many t- tournaments going on, and these players are out there grinding it. So I figure what we do is every Sunday night uh, when tournaments end, which typically tournaments end either Saturday or Sunday, uh, we'll get together and we'll do a quick roundup of all the news that's going on in squash for that week. And then also do a quick roundup of all the tournaments uh, that are going on. Um, and, you know, won't be a, a lengthy podcast to get through it. That way, just a quick roundup for uh, people to listen to on their way to work. To, and so they'll be all caught up when uh, when when naturally they go to the water cooler and uh, and, you know, their 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 colleagues want to talk squash, which I'm sure happens everywhere. So uh, I've been thinking about this for a while and I'm glad to give it a shot. So the roundup, here we go. Let's get into it. So we're going to give you a couple uh, headlines that's going on and then tell you a little bit about uh, the action on the tour. Sure, sure. Uh, so where should we start? Um, well, obviously some sad news. Uh, uh, Jack Herrick's passing, um, j- just a, a legend in, in the game in, in the U.S. and, and around the world, actually. Um, he, he passed away last week, uh, 84 years old uh, in Ohio. Um, I didn't know Jack really well. I met him, probably met him maybe a dozen times, was always really, really nice to me. I originally met him when I first started working uh, at U.S. Squash, like I think it was in 2007. Um, I met him at a, at a retreat um, out in New York, and uh, just, just a, a, a very, very nice man. Um, no, no, no one ever had anything bad to say about him, and, and every time I met him, he and talked to him he always made it seem like i was the person he really wanted to talk to it wasn't he wasn't one of these phone you know as you know in our sport there's a lot of people who are just glad handers and just you know always looking over your shoulder to see who's who's the better person to speak to than you while they're talking to you uh, I, I won't mention any names because <laughs> i usually call them up by name but i won't do that but jack was not that every time i met with jack he he, he seemed generally interested in what i had to talk about which is pretty crazy considering i'm probably one of the most the least interesting people in squash yeah, I mean, he he was just one of the best ambassadors for our sport uh, that I've ever met. And he also gave so much back to the sport. I mean, he really, um, where where the professional squash is now, uh, not just worldwide, but specifically in the U.S., is a huge uh, credit to him and everything he's done. So um, it's really sad of his passing, um, and he did so much for the game, so he's uh, going to be missed. Yeah, yeah. So. R.I.P. Jack. 
Um, uh, the other big story uh, is more soap opery. Um, so Rob Owen, the Rob Owen, whose whose name we hear probably more than than players, we, we hear more about Rob Owen than we hear about most players on tour. Uh, Rob Owen, Coach Rob Owen, um, uh, was on a podcast uh, with with um, our boy um, Barry Gibbs, and uh, on that he, be, <laughs> I, I listened to the whole podcast um, earlier this weekend, and I'll tell you what, Rob Owen's Rob, Rob Owen has quite an ego. Uh, it was it was an interesting podcast, but what the soap opera part that's going on is um, he basically said that uh, if Joel Macon had stayed with him instead of leaving um, leaving uh, his tutelage. I think it was five years ago even, um, that Joel Macon would be better off today and would be like one of the top players in the world. And it's possible that him, he and Paul Call would be one or two. He said that he, the reason that Joel left was because Paul Call came under um, under Rob's tutelage, um, said that he didn't charge Joel Macon for his coaching, said he he fed his parents, like just some weird stuff, like he, he fed his parents. But Rob sounded like a scorned a scorned lover basically in the podcast like um you know uh joel joel won't talk to me anymore and joel won't do i've I've done everything in the world for joel and joel is not appreciative of everything that i did for him is what it sounded like so joel um sent in a uh and i I don't know rob owen at all i I don't know joel Macon at all i've said hi to both of them maybe twice in my whole life um but joel sent a um a letter to i think it was squash mad um alan thatcher's website basically refuting what what uh rob said um uh saying that number one (laughs) number one i paid him for for his coaching um number two i did not leave because of paul call and number three uh i don't even know why rob's bringing this up this is like past history um and he basically just called rob a huge egotist and said there's a lot of stuff uh on a lot of dirt under the fingernails that nobody likes to talk about for fear of reprisal from rob and sponsors wise Mm. and things like that so it, it was pretty nasty um uh, I, obviously, as as we know, there's uh, um, you know three sides to every story, as they say. The uh, <laughs> what what he said, what he said, and then the truth. So um, the truth. It, yeah. it, it it has the makings. I, I would like to be there the next time that they um, they see each other at a tournament. It'll be interesting to see because squash is such a small world for two people, two large figures. Because Joel Bacon's a top player for sure, and Rob Owens obviously. <laughs> And he'll be the first to tell you he's 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 one of the top coaches in the world. So um, they're they're definitely going to see each other. So just an interesting back and forth between two people. You don't really see that this see this kind of thing that often in our sport. It's more tabloid stuff than you that usually see in other sports. I I think this actually I do think this kind of stuff has been happening for a long time. We're just actually now covering it, even just a sliver, right? I mean, the, there's it'd be um, I, I can't speak to all the history, but I mean, there's been. You know, especially back in the day when Nick Matthew and James Wilstrop, they weren't best of friends at all. Right. But it was kind of below the waterline, like just wasn't talked about. So this is getting out there. You know, Mike, I'd be curious, uh, uh, is Rob Owen either purposefully or unintentionally trying to be provocative? Um, you know, because think of that other article that was written about Paul Collins, like, he can't lose, right. he's so good, right. and then that actually fueled on Muhammad El-Shabagi. Right, so, so I, I mean, uh, I, I, a lot of me, a lot, part of me really likes Robbo, I don't know him personally, but from listening to the podcast, his sense of humor is really dry, really British. I don't know Robbo well enough to know whether he's just leaning in to his reputation and trying to trying to make himself a figure in this sport, like an, sure. an outsized an outsized figure in this sport, because obviously there's a gap. There, there aren't a lot of... Um, a, big names in this sport that go outside outside the squash world so 
he's the gambling part where he he's you know he's heavily into the gambling side of things so maybe he's looking yep. down the road when when gambling and squash maybe becomes bigger and he could become a, a higher profile figure i don't know i'm not i don't i'm not yep. i don't know him well enough to know whether he's doing it on purpose or hey he's just a straight shooter and he doesn't care who he offends yeah interesting but it was interesting uh, it was, it it was it- interesting it was worth worth a listen and shout out to squash squash mad uh alan thatcher's website um they're really they've been on top of things like this and like really timely and getting like these stories are out you know in real time as opposed to like reading them two weeks later like you do sure. in most squash periodicals no, and uh increasing the number of um uh, contributors and authors there so it really is becoming a very timely topic yeah yeah uh, interesting topic yeah yeah so so those are the the, the two big the two big no- news stories going on so yeah um uh big w- quite a quite a week in uh in squash this week all of the tournaments going on i mean we can't even touch on all of them actually the vancouver i think the vancouver open is going on as we speak i think timmy brownell is taking uh, taking the court in, in the final out in Vancouver, but the biggest event um, this past weekend uh, or this past week was the Australian Open. Um, um, obviously, a historical tournament. It's the I think it's just it's a thirty k. It was a thirty k this year, so not obviously mm-hmm. at the level that um, it's going to be rumored to be in the future. But still, a great tournament. Um, Miguel Rodriguez, the ageless Miguel Rodriguez, thirty six years old, um, uh, won by beating uh, Greg Lobin. Um, nice showing by Greg Lobin, probably his best result in quite some time. Um, rumors of, well, rumors of his wife's retirement. I'm not sure about his retirement, but uh, a really good result by Greg Lobin. Lobin, the the match of the tournament was Lobin played a 62 minute match against um, Adrian Waller in the in the semis. Um, the the three game he won in three games in 62 minutes, which is not e- not not easy to do. Um, that long of a match, three. Second right. second game was thirty five minutes long, twenty one nineteen. Oh, wow. Can you now? You know, Adrian, was there a lot of lets, or was it just long rallies? Or? Long long rally. Well, it's also Adrian Waller. I I didn't see it. I've just read. I read a lot about it. Um, but can, you know who Adrian Waller is, correct? Like, I mean, yes. probably the most punchable face in squash, right? I mean, just just whiny, just a. a just a nightmare to watch any of his matches. He's he's a very good player. I think he's the number two player in England. But man, is he hard to watch, and especially on a non glass court because the rallies last forever. He's such a big guy. He cannot move. He gets in everybody's way, and he complains about everything. So I imagine it was probably torturous for sixty two minutes to watch Adrian Waller play. Mm. But um, but Greg Greg got by him uh, before he met um, um, uh, uh, Miguel. Who at 36 years old? I mean, I don't care what level tournament. You're 36 years old and you're still playing these kind of events and still uh, w- winning these kind of events. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, so and he beat, absolutely he beat Andrew Douglas in the semis, Miguel Rodriguez. So uh, shout out to Andrew for a great event um, out in Australia, um, make, making his run to the semis. Another Team USA player making some noise um, along with on the women's side. Um, um, Nayla, Nayla, Sabrina. Uh, yeah, Nayla Gilly, um, Jilly, Nayla Gilly, however. She, I, I cannot stand either one of those girls, the Tin A and the Nayla's. Not that I can't stand them personally because I don't know them, but everybody pronounces their name. <laughs> to, oh, I know. To, Nayla, Nyla, Nayla, <laughs> Gillis, Jilly, Tinny, Tina. Come on, girls. Tomato, hey, take a, take, a, take a page out of Tomato Ho's uh, uh, book and just change your names to something that's easy to pronounce for all of us. But either way. Um, Nayla beat uh, Sabrina. Another great run. Sabrina got the the TBD boost after uh, after being on our podcast and made a great run to the to the finals where she uh, she got beat by Nayla. But um, another great tournament for for Sabrina. So another Team USA player making a final. Um, 
uh, out, out yeah. in Australia. <laughs> it's it's so great to have the Australian Open back on on the on the map, you know, and and look at those trophies. <laughs> well, I, that's what, Connor. First thing I said this morning when I saw the the picture, I said, "Holy crap! Isn't that great? Those trophies are huge." Those, are, yeah, they're great. Like I would, I would want that. Uh, well, you know, they, 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 that those can't be the trophies they're giving them. No, because there's no, no way they're getting are, those home. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the trophies are bigger than them. They look like the top of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and, I know, right? And I'll tell you, are Miguel, Miguel, and Nela could they be any more photogenic? Holy shit! Yeah, like the like. <laughs> they got style. They got the style. They, got they style. definitely got style. So good, good, good tournament. Um, hopefully, more events coming to Australia. There are rumors that there's going to be a. Uh, they're going to be one of the major tournaments that you know we we saw a sneak preview. Somebody broke some news that maybe shouldn't have been broken. Um, that there's going to be some major tournaments out there, and Australia, the Australian Open, will be one of them. And with their storied, I mean, squash in Australia right now is not not huge, but uh, they yeah, that, that's a big. They're country. trying to come back. Yeah. They're trying to make a comeback, and I think a huge motivator is the fact that the 2032 uh, Olympics is going to be hosted there, mm-hmm. and so they're they're really trying to get. Um, um, they're the, the, the country to host major events and their athletes, you know, I think you can see sort of eyeing towards, um, if squash gets in the Olympics, that they have such a deep tradition that they could really be major players. And that even right now with sort of a lull of where squash is in Australia, they have players competing at a high, pretty high level. Yeah. The other events uh, around, you know, the ones that have finished anyways, the, the Hamilton Open uh, down in Lancaster, uh, really, really good field down there. It was the field. It was a woman's women's only event. Um, the field was very similar to I, I was out in Chicago. I uh, emceed the Chicago um, Lifetime Open, the men's and women's and the um, the uh, Hamilton Open had quite a few of the same players and had the same winner. Um, um, uh, Hannah um, Motaz um, from formerly of Harvard, uh, from Egypt, won her second straight event. Um, very, very good player. Um, lacks a little bit of speed, but uh, her backhand drop is very uh, Tarek Momanish and, and like a pleasure to watch her play and a, a really nice young lady. But w- w- the reason that I wanted to show, uh, talk about that tournament uh, besides uh, um, uh, uh, Hannah winning was there was the what I think is the rally of the year in squash thus far. Obviously, this, the season just started, so um, we're, we're going to show it. And you, Connor, you haven't seen this yet. And well, this is this is going to be bad radio, but we are going to be trying to do this uh, on the video, so there's yeah. a purpose for yeah. it. But, so uh, we'll, yeah, so we'll we'll edit out your reaction action. So go ahead and hit play. I don't think Vion is any uh, announcers. This is um, Georgia Adderley playing Lucy Tremel, the number one seed uh, down in, in Lancaster. Just, just the most incredible point of, of the year. It's a shame that it's not getting as much publicity as it some of the other ones do. It's 2-2 in the fifth. It's 11-all. So this is a big point, too. One one lunge get. One dive get. Oh. Another dive get. <laughs> and one, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. And then she wins. Oh, and she tinned it. She, she wins the point, and she ended up winning uh, and beating the number one seed. Uh, uh, Adderley played in Chicago, and she she put on that quite a show. She put on a, quite a show for the fans there, too. So she's wow. a, re- a really entertaining player to watch. In the end, um, Hannah won. She uh, she beat Lucy Beecroft, so it was a uh, Lucy's, uh, a Yale grad. So it was a, a Harvard-Yale uh, final. So 
um, the, the, again, with Victor Cruen's success kind of showing that, you know, you, you do need to go to college to be successful on the PSA Tour. I think it's been proven. Case in point there. So, yeah, exciting point. If you guys have a chance to watch it, go to PSA Challenger Tour uh, Twitter site. Yeah, PSA Challenger and, Tour. And, and watch it. You guys should follow those. Uh, anyways, a lot of up-and-coming young players you'll be able to watch there, players you've probably never heard of, a lot of college players that you have heard of. Uh, uh, are playing so um j just another tournament the richardson wealth van lawn uh open in vancouver um where we have another team usa player um uh, timmy brownell playing arturo salazar um the, the other salazar brother so cesar played out in uh out in chicago and again put on a, a great performance um so so just before we move on um a little bit uh, i just want to say the the experience in chicago was was because i had never really been to a, a satellite event before and it was one of the i mean they they had me mc even though it wasn't being streamed or on squash tv but it was great to see those players who you don't normally see but mm -hmm. the one thing that struck me there was that the players ref so the, yeah. it's just like a junior tournament the losers ref and, it, and just like a junior tournament, you have to track down the players afterwards to get them to ref. But you do, uh, you, you do, they do end, end up refing. The calls are the same. The explanations are the same. The respect that the players show for their fellow player that they don't show for the referees when, when they have professional referees do their matches was so stark. I mean... I, I it was I was like these players do not argue with their own players. They take the call. They they ask for an explanation. The explanation is given, and they just play on. It, it was startling to me. I was like, <laughs> I mean, obviously we don't want I guess players to referee because um, it would be once you get to big money well, matches and things such as that, it'd be a, it'd be probably be you know kind of odd to have like Mohammed al Sharbagi to referee like his his brother's match or something you know sure there's, there'd be conflicts when it comes to the the tour but it was so smoothly no argument no arguing the normal the normal chatter but it was just I was shocked absolutely shocked about how uh, gracious the players were of accepting the calls of their fellow players yeah so it's notable for sure quickly Timmy uh winning getting to the finals all uh all three O's that's yeah uh, yeah that's great great tournament and i think he now so th this is a good transition because timmy uh, is obviously not going to uh to fly back to philadelphia uh he is flying out to new zealand after this for the mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh the nation's cup which is a um a team tournament um I, I, i'm not sure what to make of this i think it's great things something new but uh, just just who's playing is just kind of uh, it, it's, it's hard to call something the nation's cup when number one a lot of the nations aren't playing i mean you bet you have two teams from new zealand playing um obviously paul call and joel king but the, then they have the new zealand team b with two players who i've never heard of personally um they also have um uh a team at europe which is Nayla Gilly, Nayla Gillisk, Nayla Gilly, whatever her name however she pronounces her name um playing with uh, sebastian that well I wouldn't want to be the MC at that because the the the, the team of Nayla Gilly and Sebastian Bonabalos playing together would be not not fun to announce. But either way, um, U.S. Uh, Timmy Brownell is going out there and he's going to play with Olivia uh, Klein. Well, I was going to say I got to jump in. Like, so it sounds like you're 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 not totally behind this, but I'm curious. It's like we can't have it both ways. Of the, the whole purpose of this is to test new formats. Sure, I under, under, understand, but it seems like it's more of an exhibition than an actual tournament. So um, I don't, 100%. I don't, I don't mind the new format. I don't mind the new, the scoring and all that. I think that's yeah. cool. But I think just the no, who, this, who's playing kind of sucks. I don't think it sucks at all. So um, well, not sucks. I mean, I mean basically, it, basically, it's Joel and uh, and Paul Call are going to end up playing Sarah Jane Perry and Mohammed Al Sharbagi in the final. Like nobody else is even going to come close. Okay, but it's like this is how things start. 
I guess. I guess. <laughs> right? Like, you got to, in order to, like, we can't complain about innovation in our sport. And then when something is going on that is trying to be innovative, then shoot it down, right? So this is a first step in, like, hey, let's mess with this the format. Um, let's mess with the scoring. And team squash, I think, needs to be, um, there needs to be more of it. I mean, part of the reason why college squash is so, uh, such a popular uh, part of our sport is because it's a team, you know, and the world team. So, yeah, I think that is this how it's going to be in the end? No, I think prize money needs to be associated, need to get a higher depth of field of players there. Right. But, yeah, it's it's year one trying a new format. I think it, I think if, they, if the depth of the field was better, I would be into it. I just think it's it's why 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 we bother playing these matches because it's going to end. We know who's going to be in the. You're in sounding the final. like a purist. You're <laughs> sounding like a purist. <laughs> Not a purist. When, when, <laughs> when you have to throw a second New Zealand team in there, when basically. Like New Zealand is not not exactly a squash power. They have two squash players that we know of, um, and then you're throwing Team Europe in. I mean, how many? Like, why isn't there a Wales team playing? Like, um, like you know, the, Wales has players, right? Why, why not Joel Macon and Tesney Evans playing in this? That would be now. Then I'd be into it. Just that the field is the field's poor. It's a poor field. That's the only, only thing I have to say. Um, but interesting. And so another reason um, it's a lead up into uh, the first. In a long time, a, a high-level tournament uh, being played in uh, in New Zealand, which is following up the Nations Cup, is the New Zealand Open men and women's tournament, So, which have have very solid fields. So looking forward to that and seeing how New Zealand um, – it, it's cool that Paul Call, at the, at the height of his career, and Joel King, um, you know, a, a top a top women's player, get to go play at home for once because they travel everywhere, everywhere. And they, sure. Uh, and, they, and they get to go home and play in their home. So hopefully it's uh, well-attended. Hopefully they get a lot of publicity. I saw someone um, uh, tweet a picture of them arriving at the airport, and they had like posters of the tournament at the airport, like pictures of Paul Call and Joel. So that's cool. Something you don't you don't see in the United States. But what that does um, is uh, lead us into a November chock full of big events. Um, after the New Zealand Open, uh, Singapore. After Singapore, Malaysia. After Malaysia, Hong Kong. And Hong Kong leads us into December. So uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of uh, a lot of far flung tournaments, not a lot of big events going on in uh, in the in the U.S. at this point. But um, looking forward to breaking down those events uh, every Monday uh, morning uh, with you, Connor. Um, and that would lead us into and you're pulling up on the website is the uh, uh, College Squash Association. So another impetus for this. Um, this program will be to recap the college events that happen over the weekend. So college squash gets played for the yeah. most part Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, Sunday night, you and I will get to see each other's smiling face, and we could uh, recap the big the big news in college squash. It it, uh, it portends to be a uh, a uh, great college squash season. Um, and I see you're looking at the University of Virginia right there. Um, um, I talked to Mark Allen at the U.S. Open, and he is very excited about this upcoming really? season and really thinks that this would be the year that uh, UVA uh, makes its mark on the college squash world. There's season previews, but no no rankings released yet, but that'll be fun to kind of see who their movers and shakers each week. And, um, yeah, I think, I, you know, when UVA announced that they were going uh, varsity, I was like, it's only a matter of time. I mean, it's hard to compete with, with the level of um, – uh, division one that can give out scholarships like that and and with i mean mark allen who's probably one of the best coaches on the planet um it's a really good recipe for success right right so we look forward to that and so uh we we promised we'd keep this short so people could uh, go to work and not not have to listen to strong on but uh they could listen to the, our next episode of tbd which will come out later this week which uh, with a with a very special guest so we look forward to that all right connor later
See ya. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.